Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear don't cause a fuss, I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cornflakes. 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 Any fancy pint? Suit you, sir. Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. The, the red light is on. It's started for another year. It is a little bit past February. Triple R is the name of the station you're listening to. You know that, don't you? And uh, the theme has been set. I've got Matt across from me. Hello, Karen. Is it too late to say Happy New Year? Matt Stedman, it's never too late. Happy New Year to you and everyone yeah. out there. It feels like. I mean, it doesn't feel like a new year anymore. Well, it depends what calendar you follow. That is true. Right. And happy new lunar year. Happy new lunar year. To everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, lunar year. Yeah. Gung hei fa choi. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Hey, um, welcome back, Cam, from the beach shack. I hear you had a good few weeks away. Uh, we had to leave it. We, we left the barbecue going. <laughs> um, we, uh, the, the magic esky, we had to sort of just cover with a blanket. I was going to make a dumb joke about Kent still being there, but he's clearly not because he's doing the, the, the uh, radio he therapy did. folks this morning. He's back as well. But I do want a, th- a huge thanks to uh, to Kent who um, helped man the uh, the island and yeah, look after the barbecue, uh, look after the magic esky. We just maintain the we lawns. We just bloody Marys in it. <laughs> oh, jeez, they were good. Mine had celery salt. Oh, nice. Because that's my secret ingredient, and it knew. I haven't had a Bloody Mary in a very long time. Oh, they're good. I'll have to they're, rectify that. They're still really, really good. But 
tell me, have you noticed mm. this? This mm. is apropos of nothing. Yep. This is just, you know, instant diversion. Cam going squirrel over there. Yeah. And, and hi, folks. Thank you for, uh, for tuning in. We I should thank acknowledge you, for the you first. as well. We oh, should, yeah, them yes, too. Yes, they're just... back as well. Been back for a couple of weeks. Hey. He's not even looking at us. Um, but Lee and Perrin's Worcester Sauce. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a supermarket now. Because I keep going, I really need to get some Worcester Sauce. Yep. And you know that there is only one that you buy. It's the one I'm thinking well, with, the, with the red label and the pus. Mm. Yes. <laughs> right? Okay. Not, no, you're colourless at the market. Yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, well, yeah. why not? You might as well start the What are you doing with that shit Worcester sauce? Yeah, that's it. You know, because it, it, it just hasn't got the depth and everything. But um, I don't know. Have you noticed that out there, folks? And you need a couple good glugs of um, you do. and Lee and Perrin's in your, um, in your bloody. Mm-hmm. Luckily, though, mm-hmm. Magic Esky. Takes care of that. And I'll taste it. I went, oh, yeah, that's Lee and Perrin's. It's good. Anyway, we had to um, leave the Magic Esky. We had to get in the boat. We had to turn our backs on it. We yeah. came back to the mainland and... Get on the freeway and uh, dodge the traffic yeah, on the way back to the city. Who knows? Maybe next year we'll do it again. I'm mm. not sure. Mm. Um, it's sort of almost like it's a bit like Hogwarts, or the room of requirement. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, when I left, or like yeah, Brigadoon. Oh, Brigadoon. Brigadoon, mm. the village that appears. Every terrible, terrible music. God, it's an awful musical. But anyway, there, there you go. That's the thing. I, w- Thank I you. was attempting to move. I was going to say, when I left you, Cam, uh, <laughs> halfway through December, it was actually quite an uncertain time. We had uh, uh-huh. a, a sudden acceleration of COVID yet again. Yet again. And we had, you know, introduction of restrictions. And yes. so here we are in February rubbing our eyes, and it's been quite a torrid few weeks. Things were looking dire, but, as usual. <laughs> and is it fair to say right now they're looking a bit less dire, but still dire? I don't know. It's a six out of ten on the dire scale. I reckon on the dire, yeah, the, yeah. the, the dire warning light has gone from... From um, uh, red to amber. Well, I was going to say from orange to amber, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, orange, because we hadn't reached full DEFCOM. And we're going to speak to a couple of people on the show today, one of which is a uh, restaurateur who's going to tell us how things are. Yeah, who's, um, who's really on the front line, one of my favourite front-of-house people, mm. uh, I think. Um, someone who's really, really genuine, uh, Italian, so, you know, that helps, and, um, and has... Just a great restaurant in town that mm. has had to bear the brunt of it. And I speak of uh, Caterina Borsato, yes. who of Caterina's uh, Cucina Bar, and excuse my pronunciation if, mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm making Italians wince, uh, we'll be having a chat to her. I think she said she's going to be in the car because she forgot that it's Gay Pride March. Oh, right. And she got stuck in Barclay Street. Was Isn't Pride next week? I could be wrong. I'm probably very wrong. Ignore me. Anyway, there's, as she Kilda claimed, closes down this time of year. She claimed, and I, I did not say, I think you're lying. Okay. Because that would be sure. rude. Yes. So I think it might be this week. Yeah, or it could it be. It might the, be this week. Um, so we're going to be talking to, yeah, our first guest, of course, is uh, is Katharina from Katharina's Cochina Bar. Which is uh, in the CBD, so Queen Street. very much um, at the mercy, I guess, of the the empty offices currently in, the, in Melbourne. So there's been a lot of talk over the last few days about when can uh, office workers return to the offices and prop up all those cafes and restaurants that rely on their trade? I heard a story going on that, that there was 
there was a move back, that people were moving back into offices and... Not yet. So the government still is advising if you can work from home, you should. So, uh, yes, I think when that lifts, there will be sort of a slow return. Not a mass exodus, you don't think? Hopefully not. Well, hopefully we get a a mass return to uh, assist all of those. You know, it's it's not even so much the the restaurants as it is just the, the cafes and the places where you get your... Your morning latte, and they haven't had people wanting lattes for so long. So, yeah. um, people buying an age or a herald to stick under their arm as they move towards the office. There's, a, there's an old notion. Pop it in their briefcase. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need my morning paper. That's such a twee sort of old notion, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Well, look, we look forward to some sort of normality, and um, maybe it'll happen. But anyway, we've got Katarina on first, John's on second. Yep. A brief chat. Um, And, uh, oh, yeah, if you want to go to Instagram, there's a lovely picture of him and me. Yeah. Him and me. Hiding behind the the fruit stalls. I wouldn't say hiding. That's the office where we conduct our interviews. Uh, That's the pumpkin chopping station. Yes. And also um, 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 Bialati... Cafe Bar. Ah, yes. Where I've got a lovely... I'll say that we've got a lovely little shot. And if you want to check that out, that's... Uh, what is my Instagram? Eat it Cam, isn't it? I think, yeah, that's it. Mm. Or Cam Eat it. Eat it Cam. <laughs> ah. I think it's Eat it Cam. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Yes, you know all the big stuff. I'm here to help. You are here to help. And uh, we will finally tell you who the third guest is. Sharon Flynn, the Queen of fermentation. We mm. haven't spoken to Sharon for at least a couple of years. Mm. So we're going back. So if you're just getting on this bandwagon of fermentation, we're going to do a brief sort of, you know, fermentation 101. What's fermentation? Why do we do mm-hmm. it? Um, she's got a good idea of Adam. Do something with sourdough bread that screws up. Oh. Mm. Tune in for that. Mm. And word on the street. Mm. Uh, Word on the street. See, this is a, we, we've got contacts yeah. coming through to us. Apparently, uh, there's a shop that's going to be opening up soon. It's not open yet, mm. but it will be. It's twelve ten. Gee, this has been a long intro, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, well, first show back. I think it seems reasonable. Uh, there's a reasonable. Hey, okay? I, I did just want to shout out. I know it sounds like a, a bizarre, just a, a obvious what did we miss out? Plug, yeah. but uh, this time last week, Cam, you and yeah. I were touring around the greenhouse there in Fed Square. Oh, look at you go, aren't you kind? I um, I was go- I learned stuff. You what? know, having done a show with you here for twenty plus years, you know, yeah, I food prep, I get food prep, I get, I'm yeah, fine. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I know about we, stuff. We had a good look around Yost Baker's Future Food System in Fed Square, and you're doing tours every Saturday. I am. Oh wow, you are um, being kind. But it was good, and so even as recently as last night, we're googling like you know, flow beehives, and go, well, maybe we could put a beehive in. Yeah, because that was part of it, and and, uh, uh, and wicking bar or wicking beds. Wicking beds. You're going to get one of those. We're, we're thinking about it. I think you should. Um, so if you haven't checked it out, I look, yeah, I learned stuff. Oh, thank you, Ben. I think it's good, and it's a beautiful spot just to sit and um, contemplate the river. Absolutely, and just all the systems that are in that building that make it so extraordinary. And mm. uh, what do we? I like to sort of call it. Yeah, it's a test bed for new and emerging technologies. I would agree. Yoast is about a lot of the times five, ten years ahead of the curve. I would agree with that too. And uh, the three things that underpin that construction that are so important, I reckon, well, I don't reckon it's the obvious as my nose on my face, is the fact that it's uh, self-sustainable, yep. off-grid, uh, 100% uh, waste-free, and it will survive a bushfire. Yes. Or it, 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 it is bushfire-resistant because of the... Magnesium oxide panels, the Jura panels. But thanks, man. If you want to come along, mm. uh, book in at Eventbrite. 
uh, Cam Smith, Future Food Systems, you are too kind. And uh, we need to get Katarina on the do, line, don't we? Don't Let's we? do it. Because this 10-minute market report is all just being wasted. 12-12, <laughs> and do we mention yes. how good it is to have you, dear listener, on board? Um, thanks for coming back, and uh, we'll be back with Katarina after this. Triple R. Uh, and someone who is certainly recommended as just a, uh, a shit-hot human being. There you go. Oh, I got made uh, made Matt wince a little bit. It's uh, Katerina, who's uh, possibly still in her car. Katerina, good afternoon. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Shit hot. I love that. Yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I am in my car because not only did I get caught in the traffic in St Kilda, but coming under the bridge there near the casino, there was traffic everywhere. So I'm sitting in, in my car in Queen Street. So there you go. Really? God, so you just can't <laughs> escape the traffic today. Smile. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm got to stay local. I really? Wish, I wish that northern suburbs had a beach, though. That would be good. <laughs> yeah, or a sea breeze. Oh, mamma mia. Uh, mamma mia, where's the sea breeze to cool me boys. down? I've missed your voice, Mr. Eaton. I've missed your voice. It, oh. it feels as if the year has started again when I hear your voice. Oh, you're mm. too kind. And uh, and uh, and I feel the same hearing yours. Um, yeah. The obvious question is, and I mean this uh, no flippancy, all sincerity. Katarina, how are you travelling, doll? How's it going? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, someone said to me quite... <laughs> quite interestingly the other day they said you know Katarina this year is like this it's like when you have a finger that's bleeding um, but it's not stopping Oh, the bleeding's not stopping you can't find a band-aid where's the band-aids well there there are no Mm. band-aids not even the governments can give us band-aids at the moment government Um, took away the band-aids oh my gosh Yes. So it's a hard question because everybody, for me, coming back this year was incredibly difficult. Mm. It was, I think that Christmas was the hardest month in my whole trading career ever. Wow. Because we were fearful, we were understaffed, Melburnians were incredible, mm. they were spending money, they wanted their favourite places to survive, yep. they didn't travel, they had money in their pockets. And I think that most people I've spoken to, Cam, have all said they had a rip-roaring sort of Christmas trade. Mm. Um, but, of course, the downside was there were no staff. So even if you could do more numbers, you couldn't necessarily do them well, so therefore you had to take less numbers. So that was that was kind of, you know, a bit of a two-edged sword yeah. in a way. Um, but this year has been, it's been difficult. The city is... Is was like a ghost town. This week was a little bit better because kids have gone back to school mm. and people are coming back. But it, it's not it's not vibrant for me. It, it's lacking something, and I'm probably lacking something. And I have to get my mojo back. That's what I have to do. Oh, it's it's the cumulative effect, though, isn't it, Catherine? I mean, it's not like yeah. we've just you know this has been just a, a, a quick flash in the pan. This has been over yeah. two years that we've had to deal with this and. And, and, you know, go from um, uh, lockdown to hope to lockdown to, you know, it's, it's been a roller coaster. But the one thing that's been constant is, as you say so well, the uncertainty. It's the uncertainty. Well, I'll give you another example. On the first week that we were due back, mm. I had a function booked, uh, an evening function, 
and they pull the pin, not because they wanted to, but because all their guests pull the pin. Do you know what I mean? Like, so people are fearful. People are uncertain. Mm. They don't want to be in rooms that are confined. I'm, I mean, I'm really realising this about people because, you know, we do everything right, but I think that for sure, Cam, not everybody's being as diligent with the checking in and the... the I mean, I, I can see it. People are over it and they're thinking, well, we just have to learn to live with the damn thing and, uh, you know, there's no more contact tracing, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, myself... I always try to go to the letter of the law because I've got I get lots of those corporates in and I, I can't I and I can't and I won't do anything that is not right. Yep. Um, and I'm not packing people in, we've still got the you know, the density rules. So we we're doing everything right, but it's just lacking a little bit of something to me and I just hope we can get it back. And it's summer. We've got the most beautiful hot summer mm. and we should be on top of the world, but I don't think that we are. To be honest, I don't think so. And I've got experience. You know that I've done 26 years of it. So, yeah. I, you know, I think that I'm pretty qualified in terms of time and years to say something about what the feeling is out there. Well, and, the, um, the, the thing is that, you know, for those 26 years, the, the years have sort of looked pretty much the same. Um, you know, the highs and the lows. We used to talk about yeah. <clears throat> silly season and um you know and everybody would complain how tired they were because they just yeah. are working so hard and there's so many people want to do christmas parties and then everybody yeah. goes away but then you know that people were um going to return back to the city and that's especially the case with you because you're at queen street which you know you're, yeah. you're part of that that legal district so you know you knew that uh, the courts were going to start again, and all the all your silks and legals and stuff would be inhabiting those offices that are above you at Queen Street, and a lot of them, it's just not there now. Well, they can all work from home. That's the thing. People got used to working from home. Mm. I mean, God knows what's going to happen to real estate in the city because um, they won't need those huge floors. Uh, you know, I think that there there really is a case for saying that people think that they can work from home. I believe you still need social interaction. I mean, I'm an Italian. I've got to touch you. I've got to feel you. I've got to argue with you. <laughs> I can't do that over a phone or over a Zoom meeting. It's not the, the eye. same, is it? You're going to look you in the eye. No, and you didn't mention the other thing about an Italian. Shake my finger at you. <laughs> Index finger going... And, uh, yeah. yes, well, look, yeah, I. we will... We'll have to see. Is there anything you want to say? I want to move on to something else, but is there anything you want to say to summarise where we are or how you feel we are going to go? You know, Jane? Well, well I, I, look, I think that it's going to be the survival of the fittest. Um, um. I, I, had, I heard someone on radio the other day say that within the next three months, 25% of all small, small business will go because they cannot hang on. Yeah. I mean, you have to yeah. remember... The monies that we made during Christmas, November, December, because yes. it was an extended Christmas, now that's all going to be used up. And if you had any leftover rent pending or you know the bank had let you off, this is all coming up. Yeah. So if you haven't had a strong start, and I don't think many people have, maybe up at the top end of the city because of the tennis, but that's sort of very superficial because it lasts for a short time. Absolutely. Um, you know, you know. I just think I'm, I'm worried for my industry. I feel very sad. Someone said to me, Cam, you know, why didn't you get a park without the front of your restaurant? And I went, hell no. 
That's going to go to the cafes on top of me. They need it more than me. I want them to survive because I don't want to be a lone ranger in my street. I need my city to be vibrant, and I want my businesses around me to survive. We're all part of this wider community. So we've got to stick together. Melbourneians got to get behind restaurants. And I think that maybe, just maybe, um, February money might be coming back, this talk, mm. and that means people will get some money back and it'll encourage them to come back to the CBD. For sure. Mm. Yeah, and also a, a heartfelt plea uh, for the people that do have money to spend at restaurants and that do go out at restaurants. Please, yeah. a kindness, patience yeah. for the people yeah. that are serving because um, a lot of the oh. times you might have someone who hasn't had experience in doing it or someone yeah. who is is just exhausted, is so tired um, because, you know, they're back on the floor. So um, maybe just a little acknowledgement of that I think is very, very important. Be kind yeah, I, to other people. I've got to tell you something really funny because I was at a dinner recently mm. and this waiter was selling me ganache for red wine and I didn't <laughs> have the heart to say grenache. No, it's Honey, ganache. I said, and, I and said I just, sugar, I said I pet. And I just went, now that, that is an example of restaurants or cafes being desperate, putting on staff with no knowledge, and yeah. what am I going to say? Nothing. Because yeah. I know how difficult it is out there. But it was a bit funny. It yeah. was funny. As, as a <laughs> mate of mine used to say to me, never miss an opportunity to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> hey? Which, which uh, is is so true. Hey, um, um, you were saying to me we were speaking the other day, and you did actually get to go away. And I knew, know that you have um, the the secret cat cave uh, down there at South Gippsland, and you Hello. were saying you were bringing back some glorious zucchinis. And I, I thought it'd be interesting before we go and talk to John at the market, who you know very, very well, um, to describe these zucchinis and tell us what's a good thing to do with a zook. Okay, with a zook, I like that. Well, look, yeah. the fact of the matter is, I actually had to confirm this is my mother. They were seeds smuggled in about 50 years ago. Okay, so that's Ooh. the first thing. Zucchini subterfuge. Yeah, yeah, because the Italians did all that, because you never got into trouble in those you were, days. You were just telling me how much you don't like to break the law, and now you're talking about your illegal activities of your parents. Yeah, well, yeah, they're oh, my parents. I'm all mothers, yeah. Italian mothers in their gardens. So, But she told me that one of our Gippsland friends has since gone to God, smuggled them in, and, and all the Italians up in Gippsland have got yeah. seeds of this sort of hybrid. And they are around zucchini. They're incredibly nutty, mm. and they have that beautiful dark green skin and lots of seeds. So you've got to scoop out the seeds. I, I guess they're good for, even for stuffing, but mm. we don't normally do that. But but this thing in Italy, especially in the south, and my mum's, uh, my stepdad is from southern Italy, and, and there's fights in the house all the time about that, north versus south. But what they can do is really well is pasta with vegetable sauces. And Joseph simply likes to have a simple pasta, yes. um, whether it's with the tomato sauce or aglio, aglio, whatever it is in anchovies. And he fries the fresh zucchini and puts them on the top so that the pasta melts, melts it. Do you know what I mean? They, when they're fresh and yeah. they're nutty and very yellow and dark, when they're incredible. My mama on 
the other hand, loves to pickle them for the for the for the winter months. Mm-hmm. And she does like a seventy thirty vinegar water ratio. Boils them for no more than 70, one minute. Seventy thirty. That's no a more. lot of vinegar. A lot of vinegar. Yeah. But but, but then the well, it's because the zucchini. These are they're not watery like the normal zucchini you find in the market. They're very firm. Yeah. And their absorption is a lot less too. Uh-huh. And and she cooks cook, boils them for about a minute and then puts them in jars with oil, oregano, and garlic. That's it. Oh my God, I have them all winter and they are absolutely delightful. Yeah. Love that sort of stuff. And then my very boring thing is that I like to do garlic anchovy oil. And just chop up the little cubes, and they stay intact. They don't tend to disintegrate this variety. Breadcrumbs. And they are just incredible. And you can crumb them. And my nonna, my nonna used to put a bit of sugar in the crumbs and and fry them. And then we'd have them in the afternoon with a glass of beer or you know an illegal something or other uh, in the garden. Um, yeah, lots of illegals in our family. I told you about that. Well, I've got such a checkered family history. God, I'm perfect. They were bad, but. But you know, you know, this is the the wonderful thing about the Italians because if something is in season, they just go with it. Whether it's in your entree, whether it's in a pickle, or whether it's your main course, they they use it for the whole season and then it's gone. You know, that's the beauty of it. That Mm. is the beauty, and I tell you what, that's uh, that's probably a perfect segue uh, to move to the market. Uh, We're going to leave you on the road. Uh, and before yes. I do, I've got to say congratulations on your bacala, which was voted as uh, um, it was an award-winning thing, and it was um, a bit of a lockdown highlight for me personally. Oh, thank you! It was our lockdown baby, and I want to say mm. thank you to all the people that supported it. We yes. were very lucky, but it is a great product. It is, it is. So I've got to thank Marcello and Alan and all the team that work with me on that project. Oh, so thank you. Rip up. Um, ah. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Katarina. Alla prossima. Ciao, guys. Love you. Bye. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. Well, folks, here is a moment that I know a lot of you have been waiting for. In fact, some of them have been complaining. My God, I'm, 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 I'm hurt in a way. But here we are. We're at the Queen Victoria Market, Shed H. We're at Tomato City. I can smell the coffee is just coming up. Mm-mm. John's here. He's had his hair cut. He's looking sharp. Good morning, Cameron. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't be hurt, buddy. You should be very, very happy that people are pining for your voice and oh, my and voice, your too. voice, yes. So, yeah, it's good. It's good Here to be are. respected. Reunited, and it feels so good. Yeah, the sun's out. I've got beautiful bags oh. of sugars. I've got some lovely natural sultanas. Look how golden they are, Cameron. I wish, you know, explain or describe for me. Mm, they're, um, they're just... Okay, so they're very, very light green, and there's just these little flecks, flecks of gold. Yeah, really. they're touched by flecks. sun. Flecks of gold or brass, I suppose yeah. we could say. That we're really, really honest. And then I've learned how to take them. You squeeze there. Look, do you see how clean that yes. came off? Beautiful. It only took me 15 years to learn that. Yeah. How to get it off because sometimes the sultanas, you pull them and you get the stem. That's right. And then you've got to go with the tweezers, yeah. the, the fingernails together. But, but we're cannibals. I eat the stem to good roughage, mate. <laughs> Feel it on the way out? No. No, no, no. Um, how's, um, we have been away for a while, um, and how have things been going? How's the, how's the summer been? Yeah, not too bad. I didn't really enjoy the heat. Um, unfortunately, it affected humidity. the humidity. humidity yeah. 
um, it, it affected uh, my leg, and I had a little bit of um, fluid on on the leg. Mm. And but we've come yeah, good again. I had that. one week off, but yeah, we're back to normal. Mm. And you know, when you look at the stall, it's, it's pristine. Everything's glowing because it's had a little bit of natural water from the sky. Indeed. Um, and a lot of loving care from the growers. Um, yeah. And there's something that I always remember that you, you've said over the years, that the you've dealt a lot in historically with the people of Werribee who grow a lot of your stuff. And, um, and you describe it as, you know when they use town water? And that's just, you know, just the stuff that's in the tanks. It's so much different to when it falls from the sky as to the vibrancy of vegetables and the growth rates. Yes, of course, because um, the natural rain uh, oxygenates the soil a little bit better. Um, the plants get water from the top as well. Yeah. Sometimes they can aerial spray water, but yeah. still it's not the same. You know, anything that's natural is always better. You know, and we, we can sort of copy it a little bit, but when it's real, it's real. <laughs> Even like the weather, you know. Yeah. Um, the heat from the sun's good, but, you know, when they heat up a glass house, it's good as well, but not as good. Yeah, right. Okay, the plants, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're not, they weren't born yesterday, you know. And, um, and so supplies, um, have you found that, you know, we've, oh, with these uh, dreadful times that we continue to go through, and supply chain interruptions, which you've seen in supermarkets, has that sort of um, filtered down to the markets? Yeah, I'd say some things are a little bit dearer than they could be. Have you been short on anything, though? Have you um, missed out on deliveries? Or? Only, only peas shortage because of the weather and um, okay. uh, the availability of people to pick them at the right time, which is a problem. Mm. But other than that, we've been rather blessed. We've got... Um, as much as we would like and at the right prices still as well. Yeah, I'm whistling because I've just seen um, across the way Stone Fruit City. Oh, it's it's Stone Fruit City over there. Yes, there's not as much stone fruit as last year. Last year at this time mm. we were eating a box of mangoes and a box of nectarines a week um, and cherries as well. So, you know, we've had to be happy with maybe a kilo of nectarines and a kilo of cherries and a couple of mangoes because they haven't been as beautiful as we'd like. Mm. Uh, but there's plenty of stuff out there. As you can see, there's pawpaws and papayas and four or five varieties of mangoes and God knows how many varieties of apples. Mm. Um, passion fruit, five for two bucks. So, Whoa! You know, it's time. It's time. It's time to, to either open them up and freeze them or make a, a passion fruit drink or even a beautiful cake. Um, passion fruit icing. Oh, definitely. Love passion yes. fruit icing. Um, and the berries, they're all out there. Blackberries, blueberries, strawberries, you name it, they're out there. Mm. So get out there and have a look. And the tomatoes, you know, I think we counted about 24 different colours of tomatoes we had last week. Um, this week we've got a few less, but a lot of heirlooms. We've got the um, old variety from uh, Doncaster growing outside in the ground. Yes. Um, grown with beautiful rainwater that he puts in the dams, or the, they, da, the dams fill themselves up. Yes. Uh, and we've still got some beautiful Murray Bridge tomatoes as well, so it's definitely tomato time. Mm. Um, people have been buying a mixture of um, the beautiful cherry tomatoes and um, mini romas and a yellow and a golden and making a bruschetta. Yes. It just gives it that little bit of a zing um, and colour as well, so yeah. yeah, we can't complain about that. 
Actually, um, some beautiful smells in the air here today. Yeah, I can smell a little bit of chicken and yeah. other things as well. Because um, it's a lot better than the rotten fish that sometimes <laughs> they put through there. Well, we're lucky nice. the, the refrigerator works so we don't smell it so much yeah. anymore. But um, yeah, they've got the um, uh, people out there cooking porchetta and hot dogs and mm. ice cream, fried ice cream and other stuff. So come out and have a bit of a feast as well. Yeah, and the donut fan has got uh, a nice long, long line as, uh, as you would expect from. Well, it's one of those institutions, and it's there's sort of three main ones I can think of. One is a donut from the donut van. The other is a bratwurst from down inside the hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And increasingly, increasingly, a cheese and spinach borek from those beautiful women down there too. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. There is a lot of lovely food here. You come out and have breakfast and then come shopping and yeah. have a leisurely day on a Sunday. Yeah. But every day is a leisurely day, so, you know, you come mm. and pick the eyes out of the market yeah. and go home and cook up a storm. Yeah, and uh, and what's what's for dinner tonight? Tonight, well, we're going to my aunt. My aunt turned 96 on Thursday, Friday. Hey, so the family's all out there having a big Barbie lunch and we'll go out there and join them for dinner and we'll have a Barbie dinner. Sounds good. Yeah, what very a beautiful good, very day good. for it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that sounds real so, good. You know, hopefully we'll clean up a bit early and um, go home and join in. And you know, then the beautiful desserts. My mum's made a trifle. Yes. Uh, the cousin's making a beautiful continental cake. Yes. And I'm sure there'll be other stuff, biscuits and um, fettuccine and um, other stuff that's been made by the girls. So we'll all have a feast. Oh my God, La Dolce Vita is here. I tell you what. Um, listen, I tell you what. We might catch up with you again next week, yes, um, yes. if that's all right. We're going to move to. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, fermentation with Sharon Flynn very, very shortly. But before we go, before we leave you for this first market report of the year, um, pick of the market. Pick of the market, definitely grapes. Get into the grapes because they are little bags of sugar. Uh, all the tomatoes, like I said. Um, Strangely, even our summer, we've got beautiful broccoli, we've got beautiful cauliflower. Uh, the lady's got a beautiful bunch of Dutch carrots there, which she'll probably eat raw or grate into a salad, yep. but they also cook up really nice. They've got a softer core on that. Yep. Um, we've got new season potatoes. We've got little bags of um, red, pinky, pinky Desiree tomatoes. They're just the size of Potato. an egg. Yeah. Um, like I always say, get in, have a look. Beautiful eggplant, nice black Dark colour, five bucks a kilo. Passion fruit. Passion fruit. Yeah. Fruit. Get out, make your own fruit salad. Don't worry about getting it out of a can this time of the year. Make a fresh fruit, fruit salad. salad. I love fruit salad. Or even macerated strawberries. You know, we, yeah. we have some strawberries. We're a little bit on the riper side. Chopped them up, put a bit of sugar on top. Mm. Uh, my mum put marsala on them the next day. Good Catholics, you know. Hey. Hey, and, and I, I really like, um, there was that thing, it's pretty old school now, it was a little bit avant-garde for a while, but balsamic and pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've tried it, it works. That's, that's good. And the other one that's, um, that was taught to me by Rita McCarley, the that great queen of pizza and still uh, uh, doyen of her kitchen up at uh, Supermaxi, Jägermeister with macerated strawberries are... Uh, I haven't Fantastic. tried that because the Jager Master doesn't do it for me. Oh, yeah. Well, me, me neither, but there's some sort of synergy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you put it with, um, she used to put that with a, um, a vanilla panna cotta. Mm. And, and those flavours oh, just, yeah. oh my yeah. God, 
It was really, really good. Anyway, we're gonna, I'm going to race back to the studio. Sharon Flynn's on next. It's awesome to see you. Um, there will be... A, oh, there's, there's a snap on Instagram, I think, of us having a cup of coffee. Um, people should check that out. Awesome to see you. See you next week. Take care. It's lovely talking to you again. Triple R. Yeah, you're listening to 3 Triple R F M. We're in the uh, we've got the tailwind happening on the show. Mm. Uh, for those that have been listening, yes, we've left the shack. Kent and I got in the boat and, and sailed away Rode. from it. You had to row. No, no, no. We had outboard. No? Outboard. Outboard. Oh no! <laughs> and one rows. Some diesel in it. Yes. Yes. Why not? <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, and on the line we have. Um, our guest, um, I'd like to just call her the Queen of Fermentation in Australia. Um, we haven't spoken for a couple of years now, so it's just a really, really great time to just get to know each other again and say hi as we, we walk into the room and I see Sharon Flynn and I say, G'day, Sharon, how are you doing? I'm, I'm really well. You know, it doesn't feel that long to me. I feel like just a year ago, maybe. Yeah, it yeah. Must, must have been longer. I, look, it's, uh, time stretches. It contracts uh, with the uh, the corona the, the corona time track. We could call this, and it's uh, it's it's a weird sort of uh, continuum. But I know that I've missed you, and I know yeah. that you've been super busy doing what you're doing. Um, yeah. And one of the things that we know, and we were talking about before we came on air, is just. How mainstream the idea of fermentation has become. Yes. Which is such yes. a good thing, and, and in no uh, small amount, thanks to your efforts. Ah, oh, do you think so? No, why, why not? Take it. Yeah, yeah, I've been talking about it a yeah. lot, you know. Yeah, I've and people been have been... About it a lot. And people have been listening. I mean, I know mm. that... Uh, if you if you don't know Sharon, she uh, you had that you set up shop in Dalesford for um, mm-hmm. quite a while. Did a million workshops. You know <laughs> you, your book has sold really really well. Yep. Um, yeah, no, it's um, it's it's been going well. Been going well. But to start us off, I thought it might be an interesting thing for those that have come late to the story that have just turned mm. to page one of the book. Um, we, we thought maybe we might start with um, just a definition and go, well, what is fermentation? And, and maybe how is it different to pickling, for instance? Yeah. So it's fermenting is, you know, it's that little line between rotting and preserving. Um, yes. Don't let that turn you off. But it's yes. the way that we have always interacted with microbes in, for our own benefit. A microbe but, interaction. We're both happy. You know, it's a yes. symbiotic happiness. They're getting sugar and they're living their best life and <laughs> we're getting uh, the transformation of something that perhaps wasn't edible before it was fermented. So yeah. when, it, when you think of, like, the most common thing would be either pickles or, or cabbage, sauerkraut, um, you, you know, you can eat a raw cabbage and it's very delicious, it's sweet, mm. uh, but then you can also eat it and it's it's even more beneficial for you once it's been fermented. Not only does it extend the life of it, mm. but it uh, makes it more digestible, it's full of really good gut bugs. Um, can I say gut bugs? I don't really like using that word, actually. It's, gut- you know, it's full of bacteria, living bacteria. And um, I'd, I'd like to think of this gut bug living the best life it can. <laughs> I just, I, I think yeah. that's that could be the quote of uh, of the week for me. Did you write that down, man? Yeah, of course he did. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, um, but you know, there's a difference between you know there are many many pre- preservation techniques, and mm. 
there are many ways to um, make something edible. However, when it comes to coffee and chocolate and some of those things, they do need to go through that fermentation process prior to the you know, highly industrialised food system changing things. But yeah, vanilla is another good example that. of that. Mm. What that, is? Vanilla. Yes, there you go. Vanilla is fermented. Yep. I've got a vanilla plant growing at the moment and I'm really, that was a COVID thing. I, I ordered all of these exotic herbs and spices and I'm just, I don't know what to do Good now. luck. How many, yeah. how many years has it been in that? I think you only have to wait six years for it to happen. It looks so happy. Oh, it's good. Growing, growing every day, you can measure. So anyway, um, so the difference though between preserving and yes. fermenting is one is living and preserved, and the other isn't. So, and the other relies on vinegar and heat. So, let's just look at the pickle, uh, which everyone loves yeah. a good pickle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I make pickle and I'm fermenting it, mm. and traditionally for many, many thousands of years, humans have relied on lacto fermentation, which is lactic acid bacteria. Lactic acid, yeah. Not lacto as in milk, you know. No. Uh, lacto, yeah. Yep. So. Anything with a little bit of sugar on it is good food for those for bacteria and yeast. So if you take a little gherkin, for example, and yeah. you add it to salt water with some garlic and some yummy herbs, it'll start to ferment and you'll get this crispy, delicious, very sour pickle. And the brine, the, the liquid, is also going to be delicious and sour, almost like vinegar. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened in the industrial food system is that we, we learned to skip the, the fermentation part and, and just, just go to the pickle part. pour vinegar over it. Well, you just pour vinegar over it, and then you heat that up, and it's imitating the flavour. These are these are oh. pretty yummy, but if you're used to eating the naturally fermented, mm. uh, naturally soured version, then um, you know you feel kind of sad when you do, when you eat the vinegar one. Actually, funny, there was a beautiful big fermenting company many years ago in Smith Street in Fitzroy, mm. um, who who got bought out by I think it's always fresh, which you see in all the supermarkets now. But they used to um, make their own barrels and make their own pickles. And I had people come to me and say, I used to work for that place. Or one of the daughters of them called me and said she she was actually crying, like with happy tears. I just had one of your pickles and it brought me right back to my parents' pickling business before they got bought out. Yeah, and please don't stop making them. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Because that just shows, if we can just pause that for a sec. Because mm. that shows the power of food and food memories. Yeah. I mean, I've got to say, totally. I never really bothered reading Proust and, you know, his whole thing of going back after eating that Madeleine. You know, I had better things <laughs> to do than that. But I'm still aware, and you have to sort of yeah. say, it's such a valid thing because that's, that's so strong. Do you remember the name of the, the company by any chance? Well, it's not, you know, I've got photos. I might pop it up on Insta because she sent me some photos of the shop front, which was on Smith Street, and I think it was called mm. Always Fresh. Always and, Fresh. Um, wow. Now it is still called Always Fresh, but you would see them on the supermarket shelves. And obviously it's been changed into this mass-produced. Um, we all buy it, I think, that you can get olives and all kinds of stuff, but it's not the lactose-fermented kind. And there's a reason for that. It's mm. definitely um, pre- more difficult to manage on a larger scale because uh, there are batch variances depending on the sugar in the particular... Yes. You know, that pick that you got. And um, cabbage will always, you know, give me a hard time like that. One time they'll ferment really fast. Maybe it's warmer in the fermentary. Maybe it's mm-hmm. not. The, the sugar, you know, all of that changes. We, we love saying batch variants. But 
after this long, I'm kind of sick of saying match variant. I'm like, oh. I don't know. need so much variance in my life, yes. <laughs> yeah, I want really. Um, I want so batch certainty. Yes. Yeah, well, we, there's certain to always taste delicious. It's just hard to know, like, do I do I ask three people to come in and help jar or ten? Because you don't know what's always going to be ready when, when you want it to be. So that's, that's the hard part. Mm. And then also, once you've finished, once it's ready, for example, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about how to do a pickle or, or a carrot pickle at least. Yes. Um, once you have reached desired sourness and the right texture that you're after, you need to put it somewhere cold. So to stop it. we would have had a cellar. Is, is um, this to yeah. stop the fermentation so it just doesn't yeah, go or to slow it fizzy right crazy? So it doesn't go soggy and too sour and um, uh, yeasty. Yes. Um, yes. There's a, you know, there's a, a calm, K-A-H-M, a calm yeast that grows on top of things like this. And it can give it a little bit of a, um, a less pleasant texture. And so calm. for people who, who aren't as into it, that's a turn off, you know. So you really do want to pop it in the fridge when you get to the right, the right flavour. You know. Is the calm? This is me. This is just a, the the stupid question. Um, yes. Is the calm the same as when you get a vinegar and you get the mother on the vinegar? Is that the same? No, no, no. It would no, be wrong. it would be similar in the similar family. The calm yeast looks like it will still cover. So if we're thinking of kombucha or vinegar, yes, um, and you've got those cellulose mothers that cover the whole top of your vessel, your jar. Mm-hmm. Um, the calm yeast looks more like what you'll see on a beautiful cheese, perhaps. It's white and it sort of forms this net, it looks like, or a bubbling, you know, white layer. And uh, it's, it's not dangerous, but it can I've... make your brine kind of thicker. I did um, I did some preserved lemons the other day, well, the other day, during winter, yeah. <laughs> and I think I've got some calm on top of that. Oh, Would that be right? Have a look at that. Well, Maybe is, there, is there a lot of water and juice in there in the preserved lemon? Uh, no, it's yeah, uh, it's uh, there's uh, there's heaps of salt. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that one. It's usually if it's quite liquidous. Yeah, okay. form on it. But anyway. Oh, maybe we'll just put anyway. sorry, listeners, put that out of your mind. Uh, <laughs> we won't we won't speak of that one again. Tell us about your carrots that you want to um help us to uh to ferment and Matt's ready yeah, to right. so take down notes. Talk, yeah, we I think the easiest way to start is by making a three percent brine, which is just salt water. 3%. And you can remember that wow. I think three percent is yeah. around about what the the ocean is. So I often say to people, you know, taste it, and if it brings you back to being, you know, dumped in a wave, then mm-hmm. that's that's what we're looking for. <laughs> yes. um, beach, uh, beach trauma, that's what we want you to think yeah. about. <laughs> think about <laughs> when you nearly drowned. Jump. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have said jump. Maybe yeah. a lovely swim that you had. Or, yeah. I can't um, breathe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of salty lips. You know, when it's crinkly and salty. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's the flavour we're after. Okay. So three uh, percent would be like one beautiful tablespoon or of uh, salt to one liter of water. So just wow. stir that in. Then mm-hmm. you've got your brine. Mm-hmm. And taste it. You'll see what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then you might want some flavours. So just let's take carrots because mm-hmm. everyone can get a carrot. We've often got carrots in our fridge drawer. Yeah. Um, so you want to, if they're not organic, I would peel them. And you can either slice them into rounds or sticks, however you intend on enjoying them. Yep. So think about it when we're making things. Don't be frightened and like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. How do mm. I how do I envisage eating this? Is it mm-hmm. going to be to dip, to dip into hummus, you know, yep. or just snack on while I'm at the computer? So just sticks are very popular. Or if they're those ones that you buy that have the green tops on, you know, keep them whole. They're fairly small. Yeah, so you we... pop them in your jar. Yes. 
and uh, put in some flavours. I like my carrots fairly plain. I don't want to add too much, like maybe mustard seeds, coriander seeds, maybe one little garlic clove, perhaps. Um, You might want to put in something green, like a green, you know, like a bay leaf or something. Yes, yes. Um, Some of these things naturally have uh, great balance for your ferment, like bay leaf will introduce tannin and um, keep them crunchy, things like that. But don't worry about that too much at the moment. Pour your brine over the carrots to cover them completely. You might find um, a way to keep the carrots under the brine by either having a little weight. No. You've got okay. to put them down. They've got to yes. be pushed under the brine, and that might be by um, maybe a river stone or some baking weights or a little fill a little um, Ziploc bag with water and mm. push that in there. Whatever it is, we don't want carrots sticking up out of the brine because they'll get covered in calm yeast. A Ziploc bag with water? That's an awesome idea. Thanks. Because it, because it, it, it will it. fill to whatever shape you have. and Exactly. Oh, that's really clever. I've never, yeah. I've never seen that one before. Did you write that down? Yeah, yeah you did. Matt's writing all this right, down. Right down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if, if you've got leftover brine, put the brine in the Ziploc bag. That way it won't matter if it leaks. For yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, should, this, uh, should the jar be sterilised, Sharon? Well, I'd like to, to, to create a myth of sterilisation in the house because it's never going to happen, but dishwasher, mm. boiling hot water, yeah. any of those things, you want a very, very clean jar. Right. But we're not going to worry. We want, to, we want a, an environment in which bacteria want to live in. So okay. I wouldn't want like to go sterilising it with some kind of a harsh, you know, thing that would have residual bacteria. Oh, yeah, we're not, we're, we're not, we're not going to just swirl it with bleach or something like that, are no, we? No, so don't do that. No, that's, that would, that's not that friendly would suck. to the bacteria. Yeah. yeah. Matt's not writing that down, just so you know. He didn't write that down. Clean jar. Yes. Uh, Freshly cleaned. Put your carrots in, put your flavours in, pour the brine over the top. Let's say Ziploc bag is your preferred weight. Pour the rest of your brine in your Ziploc bag. Put a lid on it. If you've got a really nice system that you've been given or picked up from somewhere, that's an airlock lid, which Mm. allows the gases that are going to be formed to escape but it won't let any oxygen in. Oh, they're fun. So the and they're fun to watch, it. too, when they get going. Yeah, we want to... Well, I love the sound. I yes. think I must be an oral person. Yes. I just love that. And I'm not a micromanager, mm-hmm. but I do love knowing that it's on its way. I love hearing mm-hmm. the bubbles. I'm like, oh, it's starting to cement how good. I'm a success. All the things right. Yeah. yeah. And then I think you just keep your eye on it. Um, if you've just used a regular lid, you want to burp that after two or three days, which is just to open it and release some of the gas and close it again. Mm-hmm. And by about a week, five to seven days, they'll be lovely and sour. And if they're not, don't panic. Maybe the house is cold or mm-hmm. there, weren't many, there wasn't a lot of sugar in those carrots. Just let them keep going. By 10 days, you should have something lovely and sour and fresh. And then all you need to do is pop them in the fridge. And then they're ready to snack on. And they're really good to put into lunch boxes because just um, it's quite a traditional thing in Japan to put fermented things in a lunch box. It tends to keep the rest of the stuff fresh. You know, oh, well, something really? You know. There's, a yeah. ha- there's a halo effect. Exactly. Wow. That's... Halo effect is a nice thing to say. Yeah, yeah. that's really nice. Um, okay, it's, uh, it is 12.57. Um, Sharon, we've only got about a minute left, um, but in that minute, can you quickly tell us about the store that is not oh. quite open yet, but people come into? 
they are. Yes. Well, I moved the. We're moving into town, and I've got a gorgeous. Hooray. I think it's a gorgeous little shop set up on Queen's Parade because I mean you did call me Queen of Fermentation, so I feel really special now because yeah. on Queen's Parade in Clifton Hill. Um, yeah, it's going to have all our ferments. You can bring your jar in to fill up, and we're going to be selling krauts and pickles and everything by the weight. Um, or the jar, but if you have, if you'd like to bring your own container in, and a wide range of ferments yep. and water kefir, plain flavour that you can flavour yourself. Lots of workshops going on in there, but also lots of kits, and um, you know, we're there to help people with their fermentation journey. Mm. I've said we're not open, but people keep looking in and coming in, and we serve them anyway. If you know what I mean? I'm not quite exactly ready, mm. but we're there. Uh, it's an, an idea It'll whose time like has come. And yeah. mainly because of the efforts of you bringing that day forward to a time that comes. Uh, what will be the name of the shop? I don't know. I, I actually, it's actually, it was called Pickwick House before That's for 32 bad. years. So I might keep it. I might put a little L-E in there and call it Picklewick House. I yeah, don't why know. Not? No, it's the, yeah. the kind of legs. Well, well, it's just the fermentary, really, but it's um, at Pickwick House, yeah. The fermentary at Picklewick House, maybe. Yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Help me. Sharon. Huge hugs to you. Um, love what you do, and uh, and thank you for being you and also being on the uh, radio today. Thank you for having me. And maybe you can pop into the shop soon, and I'll, I'll yeah. serve you a drink. Mm. No, love it, love it, love it, love All right. it. Thank okay. you, Sharon. Bye, Cam. Sharon Flynn with um, with a pickle recipe that was mm. kind of good. You're going to give it a go? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah why did I yes. not? Why did I not believe? And said with <laughs> such conviction. Yes, I will do this. I'm looking for... Stop it. Um, thank you to all the guests. Um, thank you for those that listened into the Beach Shack. Yes. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, Matt, great to see you. Likewise, good to be back for another year. Hey, uh, changes on the Triple R Changes Cam. here. Changes we good. a new radio neighbour here on Sundays. Yeah. Crystal is up next with Indigenuity. I knew I was going to mispronounce it. But Indigenuity. I got the, Indigenuity. Indigenuity. I got it the second it's time. It's going to be good. And the third time. They're sitting there in Studio 3 ready to go. Yeah, they're ready to go. They're looking, feeling good. Yes, they Thumbs certainly up. are. Thumbs we're, up are good. We're, we're ready to cross over to them. Okay, here's 15 seconds of crossover music for you in <laughs> Studio 3. Indigenuity and coming we'll up next. See you all next oh, week. Oh, yeah, yes. And, and don't and forget, uh, Dan, Dan will be on for Ebb Tide for two more weeks after that. Oh, yes. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.